Like work-life balance to me is, it's a bit of a scam if you want to get really anywhere. Because <laughs> well, it's the same. Like if you put it the same as fitness, you know, people turn around like, oh, you should rest or you should recover. I'm like, all right, like have you ever actually pushed yourself to the point of, of redlining, of breaking yourself? Do you know your breaking point? Do you know your limits? Yeah. 95% of people have never actually put themselves in that hole of knowing where they break. Once you get to that point, then you know the points where you should rest and recover. me every time dude <laughs> boys how are we good dockety good jonathan good, marcus good. how are you good yeah good mate good mate we've got a guest on today again two two weeks two two for two we're doing pretty well i think good too i mean i think that just really highlights how terrible we are and just we need a guest to make sure that it's all right do you see the views in the last one marky i do i do i think most of it was um well, most of it was Chrissy J's family and cousins <laughs> and stuff, but like we're at, at this stage of the podcast, we're, we're, we're down for whatever support we get. So, <laughs> it all, so we appreciate Chrissy's family and cousins and cousins and cousins. And <laughs> I, hopefully, you've got hopefully you got a big family, Johnny, because we, yeah. we, we, we need to feed oh. our family, dude. <laughs> we need the views. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess um, we'll start with the questions that we always start with. Marky? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So we've got a guest on the show, Johnny. Um, and I suppose like one of the things we, we always do or we've done once so because we've only had one guest. But um, do you want to maybe like tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe like two things that most people know about you and maybe two things that people might not know about you? Yeah, okay. So um, I guess to start with two things that people probably know about myself. Um one is investing, um, just like that financial background and probably love to fight, definitely. Yeah. Um, and two things people don't know uh, um, or probably don't know. One would be, uh, used to be a professional gamer when I was a kid growing up yeah. and uh, lost a whole bunch of what, weight. What what, game, what games did you play growing up? Just say, uh, just pretty say. much only played COD, yeah. Yeah. Really to play anything else other than that so yeah nice and what was the second one you lost a bunch of weight yeah yeah okay so were you like a were you like a chub, chubby kid growing up or <laughs> <laughs> give us a bit of context <laughs> uh, no nah, so um i guess that kind of like we'll, we'll get into that a fair bit later but it was uh yeah i was fairly overweight um i was about 140 kilos and lost probably 60 60 odd kilos in a short period Holy of time um but yeah not many people really know that one so yeah i definitely don't, don't know that one but to be fair i've only met you a handful of times <laughs> but um yeah no thanks thanks for the intro mate um i think uh, the lead on question from there is where where's your mind at, at the moment what sort of consumes or is at the front of your mind um often is it like investing mostly still or um, so at the moment, I'm still going through training for army. Um, so I'm coming up towards the end of that. That's kind of been obviously my main focus the last six or so months. 
um, leading into that, I spent a lot of time on pretty much all aspects of my life. So like finance, health, fitness, all of that. Um, but yeah, right now is um, definitely the army and my little girl. So I had, a, had my daughter two weeks ago. Um, so she's been an absolute blessing to my life and she's definitely another main focus for me right now. Um, but yeah, I, there's been a lot that's kind of led into to where I'm at today. So my focus is definitely getting through, getting through the military side of things, still focusing on investing finance and my little girl. Yeah, dude, congratulations. I imagine like a lot, a lot of, uh, anticipation, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of sort of emotion the last, uh, you know, a couple of months leading up to, you know, what, what probably feels a bit surreal, right? Like you sort of build this yeah. up in your mind and, and then she's sort of there in your arms, like. I think it's what can you sort of describe that and what that was like for you um pretty much the moment she was in my arms she stole my heart man like she um yeah she's my whole world and it's crazy how something that can seem obviously it is a big big deal but something that can seem so small can just change your life in the matter of seconds and my whole focus just shifted to her so everything i do everything i like my whole plans everything's just all revolved around her and my family now um, and it's a huge motivation as well. It's a different type of motivation I haven't experienced before, um, which is really interesting as well. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. I think I see, I've seen that a couple of times where, you know, you sort of have someone that's very inwardly focused and sort of like selfish. And then as soon as, you know, you've got the responsibility for somebody else, that kind of shifts and makes you a better person. So yeah. I think that's, it's kind of beautiful, man. That's cool. Hey Johnny, um, do- has having a okay. has having a kid, um, has having a you know a new baby born and two weeks old, has that uh, made you reflect on your childhood at all? Oh, a hundred percent. Especially, I guess the way like I everyone that goes through goes through um, different type of challenges and journeys as they're growing up. But especially my childhood, coming from where I did and how I was um, how I was raised and the challenges that I faced, um, especially looking back on all that had a lot of time of reflection over the last couple of weeks her being here just realizing that the impact that i do have on her um and not only her but my family as well um i got an eight-year-old boys um on my partner's side and just taking a step back and seeing the bigger picture with all of them and the influence that i can have on them and then taking my experiences and challenges that i had growing up and implementing that into her life and just trying to give her everything that she deserves yeah that's beautiful i mean i'm not sure if you're open to or comfortable but do you want to speak a little bit about your childhood yeah sure so yeah so i guess my journey pretty much starts from my childhood um so my parents split when i was very young um i had my little brother um who's about 18 months younger than me at the time as well uh, i can't really remember a time when my parents were together but there was a period of I know from that point, there was about 15 years or so of both of us just going in and out of family court. Um, it, was, it was a struggle. Um, it was difficult because at the time, we didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and then on top of that, there was, I could kind of see how that impacted myself going through school and especially probably around that eight, nine, 10, 11 period um, where I was, when I was about 11 years old, I ended up getting kicked out. Um, and from that point on, it was just, it was almost like survival mode. Um, so like even my parents this day still don't know, but 
Um, like my mom thought I was at my dad's, my dad thought I was at my mom's, but I was sleeping at a park bench when I was 11, 12 years old going to school. So I'd have one pair of school clothes in my bag. I'd have one on me. And then I was flogging food from Woolies and just doing everything I could to kind of, um, yeah, kind of survive because I couldn't really go back home to my mum's where that household was all sorts of shambles. Um, and then like my dad had his own issues and his own problems as well. Um, so kind of going from like that aspect and those different challenges leading up, growing up through all of that was, yeah, definitely, definitely something that I reflect on now and more so that she's here. That's full on, man. Like, I definitely, uh, definitely didn't know know that about you. Um, and I think, like, like tell us, tell us a bit more about, you know, what was it like being a, like, you know, you're, you said you're eleven or twelve, you know, the park bench. And um, where was your brother at the time? Did that sort of bring you guys closer, or was there kind of, um, what was like the feelings that you were going through at the time? Yeah, so I was. Um, I guess what you could kind of brand as a troubled kid. Um, yeah. It was definitely not more so now I look back, it was definitely on my, like my shoulders and I can understand the decisions that my parents made and the, the struggles that they were going through with myself. Um, I was always in trouble. I was always around trouble. And um, at the time they probably didn't realize the impact of everything that was going on as well. Um, like things around my stepdad and my mom and then, um, even like even at home with dad, they probably didn't understand that um, the, the mental kind of implications, what was going on. So mm. I, like my brother was still with my mum and, and stepdad at the time. Like he kind of early on was raised with them where I, I ended up um, ending up with my dad. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, looking back on it, um, I take huge responsibility in the fact that I obviously at the time didn't understand it, but um, a lot of the reasons that I was having those troubles kind of fell on my shoulders. Um, and I wish I kind of done things a lot differently and could understand it back then, but I was just a kid. You know, so. mm. that's, that's intense. Man. I think <laughs> I find it like surprising that, you know, you kind of go like a lot of that was on you. Cause I think of a 12 year old kid in like, if a 12 year old kid does anything bad, I'm just like, I think to myself, that's not that kid's fault. It's his parents' fault. You know what I mean? Like, cause at a young age, you don't have a concept of what's right, what's wrong. You only mirror the people that are around you. So, um, I'm, I'm sort of surprised to hear that a little bit, but you know, it just comes from your accountability sort of, you know, whatever, you know, shortcomings I, you know, you've kind of owned and you, you're like, you know, that's, that's on me. That's kind of, you know, what I've, I've used to, improve myself rather than see it as like a setback I think yeah I think looking back on it like I a big like I had a, a lot of troubles with my stepdad at the time growing up as well he was a very hard man um in his own way and he not only just him but like my mom and dad looking back being an adult seeing a lot where they also didn't hold themselves accountable um or they had their own issues and their own struggles that they were facing that kind of led onto us as children um and then i was also taught from a young age i had to grow up very very quick obviously being mm. going through everything that that i was going through um i grew up quick i matured very quickly but at the same time there was still a lot of mm. struggle and a lot of pain and hurt and confusion that was happening back then that bled into like my my adulthood that i had to kind of overcome eventually as well so yeah stories like this that okay 
it, it gives me faith for human humans in general i mean like all great mm. all great people have stories like this don't they marky for, for mm. some reason it's just it's that kind of uh troubled childhood that creates great people and it, it's, it's funny because usually it goes two ways doesn't it it's either that one person mirrors and then continues to mirror and turns into their parents turns into that mm. maybe negative frame frame of mind or completely you know challenges that idea and turns into you know what we're about to get into with what johnny boy is now and for all intents and purposes an absolute savage so <laughs> i I, th- I think it's kind of like I, I don't know if you kind of see it like this johnny but it's almost like something you draw on when you know you sort of apply yourself it's almost like when you're a kid you kind of blame it on you know your environment you're like this is fucked why does this shit happen to me but then as you get older you kind of like you kind of use that as like you know whether you're you're playing sports or you're getting to martial arts or you're getting into fitness and you just like you know you put these things in your head like the only way i'm going to get out of this is to fight my way out of it and you kind of like you know use that as fuel i, I know i sort of did that a little bit growing up like when i felt like you know the shit around me wasn't good yeah it's kind of i guess it falls back the old saying of like the cards that you dealt with um you have the opportunity to do what you want with them uh, and you can make your own choices in life and yeah definitely from what you're saying like i i did draw on it a lot um i got to a point where i had to overcome a lot because of that um i was pretty messed up growing up from a lot of that stuff and had to answer a lot of questions um like within myself but once i got past that it was a massive weight lifted off my shoulders as well and then moving forward that kind of focus and energy shifted so it's a weird mm. thing. Like it would have been one of those questions that you have to answer inside yourself that the people raising you haven't answered inside of them. Yeah, like, it's mm. especially like now looking back as an adult, I could see, and that's why I don't blame anyone for anything. I don't judge anyone for anything, especially not just my parents, but just people in general now in life. It's everyone faces their own struggles, their own challenges. Everyone's going through their own thing and it's you don't know where they're at at that stage in their journey and you can't like i can't put my fault on my parents for like what myself my brother and even my little sister and brother went through i can't put that on them because they don't necessarily understand themselves or they at the time they didn't understand themselves or what was actually going on and um how impactful you actually can be on your children's upbringing so mm, i guess that that would probably play a big obviously a very large factor how you were raised like how your stepdad raised you is that kind of in between for like that discipline disciplinary disciplinary and that uh you know really good role model in a lot of things that would kind of uh really impact you on the way you're planning or the way you raise your little son and the way you raise you know planning on raising your daughter as well is that yeah so i like the picture that i have going up like i take especially now being a parent not only to like my eight-year-old boy but now my little girl is the positives from everything um learn from the negative side of things understand that that's not necessarily what to do but also there's positives from both my mom my dad my stepdad even like my brother my siblings relationships um that i've had i'll take the positives from all of that put it together and try and just yeah raise my girl in in the way that she deserves at the end of the day so all the mistakes are learning lessons, huh? <laughs> yeah. So what? Hey, Johnny. I, well, go. No, sorry, go. On. You're right, Mark. You go. I was just gonna say, like, I haven't, I haven't like sort of known you that long, Johnny, but like, you sort of strike me as like 
this intersect between like this guy that you don't want to fuck with but then also like this most humble like non-judgmental guy so like have you always been like that or was it kind of like no nah, so would, would you even sort of agree with what i kind of say yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is an interesting combination i think <laughs> yeah um no nah, look i i guess there's only a few people that can contest to the type of person i was probably six seven years ago which is completely different to who i am today like there is no chance you'd see me now talking in front of you guys or just talking to a person in general um i was pretty messed up when i was yeah probably about that, that six seven years ago um okay. which was an accumulation of everything that i was growing up and even just like my own mistakes and not realizing my short was growing up um but yeah i was struggling with like mad social anxiety i couldn't even go out of the house to have a haircut or a conversation um i was struggling really bad i was in a pretty bad place and that's where eventually like over the period of time growing up and i ended up moving down to melbourne and that was probably the point where things started to change when i knew mm. things had to change um so back then yeah i was 140 odd kilos i was just locked inside 24 7. Um, i had a partner at the time and she was doing everything she could to try and help me but i wasn't trying to help myself you know so i yeah i couldn't mm. talk to anyone couldn't have a conversation i had no self-confidence like i was i was a pretty big mess um i wasn't really going anywhere in life i remember like i didn't even have a dollar to my name i had like this one bedroom apartment that was so small and like to heat the apartment i used to have to open the oven door and turn it on because i just couldn't afford anything um it was, yeah, it was pretty rough pretty rough there um well, how so, are you spending most of your time then was it gaming or like how, how did you um, pass the hours it was uh, i was looking for work um i was doing like some things on the side um just for like cash like different like marketing stuff and I had some experience in <clears throat> different areas, but it was mainly just sitting in a hole and feeling sorry for myself. Um, there was a lot of like self pity there and just a lot of struggle. Um, a lot of the time passed was just trying to survive each day. Um, so yeah. All right. So that's 18, 19 down in Melbourne. Yeah. Is this yeah. That, is that, that when that period's happening? Yeah. So I moved down to Melbourne when I was about 18, 19, um, about 19. And then, I remember that moment. So when I came down to Melbourne, I there was a whole bunch of stuff that was just wrong in my life. I was in a massive rut, um, and there was a lot of things mentally that I was just not. I was just not there. And even then, I kind of knew that there was still something um, in almost in the back of my head that kind of was telling me that like there's more to life than just this and just everything I've been through, everything that I've gone through. And what I was dealing with at the time, I was like, there has to be more. And parts of me kind of got like motivation or spurts of motivation to make a change. Like I remember I would have been, again, probably like 140 kilos. And this was like 12 o'clock at night on Altona Beach. I'd go for a run. I couldn't even run at this stage, but I'd like try and run. <laughs> and I, I had to go at that time because my, like, my anxiety, I was so insecure. So I didn't want anyone to see me. And even when I went out, I wore like puffer jackets and stuff. I was like, insanely insecure and so i knew there was still snippets but then i'd come back and just eat maccas or something or like i just do something ridiculous i'd go back down to the same path that i was on um but that's kind of yeah that that start of start of everything it sounds like you're fighting though you're like you're fighting or you you're trying to find that way out of like whatever life you're living at this point in time is it something that motivated you to start looking into that 
Um, I think because, well, before that, there was a period um, where, like, I was massive into sports. So, like, I was, like, BMX racing. I was huge into, like, elite level of BMX racing. I was into the footy, soccer, all that stuff. So, I was, I was a very fit kid. I, I kind of understood what determination was and the hard work. And I had that picture still there. Um, but I also knew that there, there was more to life than what I was going through. So, and, and not only for that, but for those around me as well. Like my partner at the time was dealing with all that as well. So I knew that I was also impacting those around me. Yeah, I'm interested like about you putting on the weight. Like being that heavy is a challenge in its own, but how did you get to that? Like, is that just an accumulation of everything you went through as a childhood and you just kind of being having such disciplinary parents and not wanting, not being able to do certain things? Is that kind of a result of, of that or... Is there another thing? No, I think it was just lack of self-awareness, um, lack of mindset as well. So there was obviously a lot that was going on still. Um, I was still dealing with a lot of challenges from that that I didn't really realise at the time. Um, and I think just over a period of lack of like awareness of what was going on. And um, so I, I kind of grew up, in somewhat disciplined, well, it was pretty much disciplined household. Um, and then transitioning as I got older that I kind of just went on my own, if that makes sense. So as I was going on my own, that kind of is where I broke down. Um, and then, yeah, over that period of time, it's just been lazy, really honestly, just lazy, lack of mindset and having no direction, no understanding of what I was doing with my life, really. I'm assuming you weren't playing sport at this point anymore either. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> is that kind of where you, that age, 18, 19, is that where you started putting a, a decent amount of time into the pro gaming? Or what age? Nah, was I was still playing a little bit. Um, that was more when I was like between 15 to 18 years. Oh, now. right. So this was already, this was after that period. Usually, yeah, a little bit after that, yeah. I kind wow. of slowed that down when I was about 18, 19, so... That's intense trying mm. to have to, you know, compete as a pro level gamer with everything else going, you know, on in your head and the environment you're living in and Yeah, sure. How's that kind of challenge? Um it was like it was hard, but at the same time I didn't really understand what was going on as well. I was still kind of unaware yeah. um of what was actually going on. I knew that there was like those issues and there was a lot of things I needed to overcome, but I just didn't really, really understand it at the time. Dude, that's intense. That's intense. <laughs> Think, thinking about like sort of the last, because uh, you said like last seven or eight years is where yeah. you've seen like the most growth. Um, thinking about your, your changes in belief, uh, behavior, or just mindset, what do you think, um, what's the single thing that like sort of resulted in the biggest change for you over the last seven or eight years um was there like a thing that comes to mind or yeah so for me the the biggest like the first thing that comes to my mind is like those around me so yeah. um while it still it still has always like it, it's been a very lonely journey but at the same time that journey started with people like dylan um so i remember i still remember the conversation i had with him where he was kind of getting the start of like the hardcore head start stuff going. Um, and yeah. we were talking about that. And then he ended up sending me, I, I told him pretty much like where I was at when I was doing it. It's like, here, have this, it's called the Wheat Bix diet. 
insane. But <laughs> yeah, Weepix Dyke kicked it off, and he has pretty much been Kid. by my side through it all. And I wouldn't that journey kind of started from him actually yeah. reaching out to me and being like, he's a helping hand, and that moment and then also um like where i lived at the time there was a mountain called the yuyangs down in victoria yeah um for some reason i decided to go there and <laughs> I know that, that at that point going up that mountain it's not even high it's like flinders peak but when you're 140 kegs going up that thing that thing sucks <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, it's all inclined too so yeah it was horrible yeah. and then after that once i done that that's when i was like that feeling of suck i just got addicted to it was mm. weird and then almost every single day, every single morning. So I couldn't run or anything like that because I was just too fat to do anything. But I go to this mountain and almost every day, every second day, I'd be going up and down it. And then this is how I knew I had a problem. I was that heavy that I was getting shin splints walking up this mountain. <laughs> and she was running, man. Like, that, that in the background was like kind of the physical side of things where I started that. And then um, the hardcore head start was like with Dill. He was pretty much getting that off the ground it was mm. one of the first courses that he ran. And I, at that point I knew Dill for would have been like eight years, maybe seven years at the time. It was, I knew him pretty much growing up through all the, the programming stuff. You guys so I already him, had yeah. that friendship background with him. And then as he was starting that, he offered for us um, to come out and sit through that. And then that's where the personal development kicked off. Like all the reading, mm. pretty much understanding yourself at all, like reading books, snip it into like the finance and the investing side of stuff but predominantly it was mainly on like you and developing yourself and mm. from that moment on it's just been yeah addicted to getting better really well first yeah. there's so much to unpack unpack there but first <laughs> i want to start with the wheat pigs diet because people are like hey <laughs> Hey, you can't just yeah. skip over Wheat Pigs diet. Like, what well, is that's it? that's what i was thinking there. <laughs> i was like yeah tell us <laughs> what is right. the Wheat Pigs diet so I don't even know why it's called the Wheat Pigs diet. The biggest meal in this diet was like 500 grams of mince, a kilo of broccoli, and like two packets of noodles. And that was one meal. I remember he sent it out and I started, I didn't realize it at the time, but he sent it out and I was cooking dinner and it was a plate that was like Mount Everest. I sent him a photo of it. I'm like, did you screw up on this or what? He's like, nah. So the idea behind it was really low calories, but high volume. But mate, this diet was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that kind of that's where i i got the snipping into the nutrition side and then wait so being at like 140 kegs you're on this stupid wheat bix diet which seems like it's helpful but it's insane like what makes you want to climb up a mountain um i i don't even remember how i think my partner at the time was like, we're climbing this mountain. And I looked down and went, I'm fucking 140 kegs. Like, I ain't climbing a mountain. <laughs> but no, once pretty much the moment I'd done it, it sucked. Like, it was horrible. And a lot of things sucked at that time in my life. But I was like, I kind of, it's weird. I almost got like obsessed with that feeling of just suck. And understanding mm. that, like, that was that kind of first accomplishment of doing anything, really. Um, so that is pretty much where that started. And like I said, I couldn't really run. I couldn't do anything physically exerting. So I was pretty much just walking. So I go to the, um, go to the mountain and just hike that. And then overnight I just do like 10, 12, 15 K laps around a lake. And that was pretty much where that started. And then that with 
was kind of mixed in with Dill working in the background, just helping with the nutrition side of things. And then the hardcore head start stuff, I just threw myself into that completely. All the books, the personal development, reading, and just that personal development and getting like addicted to just being better. Um, <clears throat> that's where it pretty much all started from there. But there's two things. It's there. still a shit journey from there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's two things there, right? There's a personal development side, but before we get in that, I kind of want to touch on like, you slightly said previous, like you got addicted to doing things that suck. Yeah. So, so explain because for a lot of people, that's going to be like, what are you talking about? I try and stay away from that as much and reach comfortability as much as I can. So like, what do you mean by the hell does that mean? So through pretty much my whole life, I seek comfort. That's all I, that's how you get that big. And like, not just physically, but mentally, like everything, like mm. doing things that just, I wanted to do doing things that were comfortable um, that led me to just struggling so much just to live day to day. And once I've done something that did suck and not necessarily wanted to do, that's when I understood at that point, that's the path I need to go down. That's where I'm going to find who I am and, and how I'm going to improve myself and, and eventually go down the path of the life that I want to live. And I already lived a comfortable life and it sucked. So why not try the uncomfortable one and see how it goes? That's, I mean, for, obviously for us, right? Because we, we live similar lifestyles, that makes sense. But for someone, you know, at 140 gigs or for someone in a similar position to what you were then, that's very counterintuitive. Like it, it, it's, <laughs> it's like, well, that's the furthest thing from what I want to be doing right now. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that kind of begins and starts with, you know, going through the hardcore head start personal development. Like where does that all tie in there? I think a big part of it was Dylan. He was probably the first person, first, second person that ever actually believed in me for anything. Or he genuinely just went out of his way to help, which no one ever really done. It was always just kind of myself. Um, he was a massive, massive motivator. And I think his belief in me without even realizing what he was doing pretty much changed my life completely. And I think it all kind of stems back to that. And that's where I think that's another big reason why I delve so big into the hardcore head start stuff before it was even what it is today. Um, I threw myself into that at the beginning and that I think came from the belief of everything that he was doing and who he was. So yeah. Hardcore head starts. It's, it's like, we've got videos out on explaining it, but it, you know, it evolves every single day. Like high head start yeah. simply is a lifestyle. It's a way of living. You know, we expertise in investing and trading uh, and building character. But once you build all of that into one life, it is a lifestyle. It's everything. Yeah, for sure. It's what we do. I mean, like for me, I know it's a massive, it, it takes all the credit for exactly what I am today and the life I'm living. You know, I'm living the high head start life and I'm blessed to be able to do that. And, you know, the person you've created you know, we speak about it all the time, Johnny, but like, you know, it's massively credited to that kind of different ostracized way of living. Yeah. Mm. It's just that most people don't really take that step and then they don't understand what they're leaving on the table. Um, there's so much out there. And I think that's where, I guess, like for myself now, everything that I've gone through, everything that I've learned, there's, there's obviously a lot there to unpack and a lot to go through, but just teaching those lessons and, and talk about my experiences hopefully other people can realize that there is so much more that they can do and 
they are leaving so much on the table. Mm. Well, I think, you know, I, w- I went through a similar similar journey when it comes to the Hardcore Head Start, um, you know, mentee, uh, a kind of program mentee mm. by Dylan. So I guess like reading the books and stuff, like how many, you, how many books are you reading? Like are you reading the normal people, like 10 pages a day? So at the time now, <laughs> I, <laughs> I pretty know much... the answer, but I want to try and make sure it's great. Yeah, so I like I went into that heavy. I was reading like a couple of books a week almost. Um, I was at least almost a couple of books a week. So I was very fortunate at the time. Um, at the very beginning, I was still in Melbourne, but shortly after that, I ended up moving to Alice Springs and doing some work up there. But the work I was doing, I was able to listen to audiobooks. Um, so I was just pumping audiobooks, and then so I'd be training, working, listening to books, and as soon as I finish, I'd be just straight back reading books again or watching podcasts. Just yeah, obsessed with just getting better. But um, the way it was set out, the way like do like pretty much put it forward, and the way the course was set out was you could go at your own pace anyway, um, and that's what was kind of key for me for people that kind of like wanted to dabble in it and start slow and kind of get an understanding or maybe in a different life. Um, everyone's gone through their different experiences in life and different journey and different stages of that. But where I was, I just threw myself in completely. And yeah, I smashed a lot of books pretty quick. <laughs> did, did you did you kind of um, form any sort of routines or habits out of that that you sort of con- have continued with like over time or? Yeah, definitely. So more recently um so i eventually i guess this is more speaking on on now where where i'm at now but i got to a point where like i pretty much my whole day day was structured um to where i was waking up at 3 3 30 working still finding in um certain slots to read books certain slots to train and then yeah just rinse and repeat so yeah all right i mean i know i know you train twice a day and you're still putting all this effort into uh, yeah, reading all these books and consuming as much curated content, you know, from Hagrid Hazard as possible. Like, people have that kind of conversation about work-life balance. Where do you stand on that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, not really. Anyway, <laughs> like I'm, I, I was the complete opposite. Um, and I, it, not only this is where I kind of stood back and understood that fitness and health strongly correlates like all, all aspects of life correlate together fitness health work relationships they all come together as one and for myself at the start it was hard because i did need to learn to balance um where like my relationships were taking a toll or like when i was focused if i focused too much on spending time in the investing in finance my health would take take the, the fall so you can't really put um, everything into one basket and that's what I found works for myself um, but yeah it was same with like rest and recovery for training is the same as work-life balance for me you know people come to me and like oh you should be resting and recovering it's like mate if only you understood <laughs> and, it's <just> <laughs> and I was waking up at 3 3 30 I'd go run 12 15 k's and then I'd go do a 12 hour day at work as soon as I finish work I'd either go do my tire training or weights and then I'd come home eat read a book um, watch a podcast or something, go to bed, same thing next day. Um, if I had my day off, then it'd be just a whole day of just training and just putting in the work. So. Yeah. I, see, maybe this is a hot take, but I, I think people need to know that they're capable of that kind of thing. 
they need to be they need to know that they're capable of working that you know 12 14 hour work day and then putting in more work after the fact like work-life balance to me is that's a bit of a scam if you want to get really anywhere because <laughs> well, it's the same like if you put it the same as fitness you know people turn around like oh you should rest or you should recover i'm like all right like have you ever actually pushed yourself to the point of, of redlining of breaking yourself do you know your breaking point do you know your limits yeah 95% of people have never actually put themselves in that hole of knowing where they break once you get to that point then you know the points where you should rest and recover um mm. and it's the same with I work think- like most people work say 40 hours a week but like well eight hours a day well you still got 16 hours yeah i know like I've- sorry you go market I was just going to say, like, I've seen like a lot of people who are, you know, either just starting out in fitness or just starting out uh, on personal growth. And the biggest thing is the psychology around beliefs. So like there's so much built up, you know, lack of confidence or, or, you know, um, self-worth, right? They need to break down certain assumptions and beliefs before that they, they can sort of snowball. So it's kind of like, you know, coming back to your story of, being able to reach the top of the mountain right you know the yang's at 140 kegs in your mind that day you're like i'm never fucking making it to the top yeah <laughs> but you get to the top and you're like okay i had that anchor which i i, I sort of you know had 100 percent conviction that it wasn't going to happen it happens and then you set the new goal and then that you break that belief you're like i can't run past three kilometers you break that belief and like it just keeps going but most people they don't challenge those beliefs and i think you need to start small and break those sort of mental uh, anchor points uh, if you will right so like for someone who's quite fit you're probably like you you might set a goal of like i i I could never run more than 20ks you do the 20ks and then you're like the anchor just keeps moving so people never push quite far enough to to your point get to the red line to know okay this is where i need to scale back yeah i think so even like to this day, I still struggle with like that scaling back factor. I think there's, I don't really have like kind of those anchor points or limits anymore, which is probably not a good thing. Um, <laughs> definitely push myself to the point where I've like running on broken feet and doing some dumb stuff with broken hands and just like, but I guess to put it in context, I, like going back to the start, I pretty much made a plan. So let's just say like a 10 year plan and it wasn't a dream or like wishful thinking. It was a plan and that's what it was. It was, I knew exactly where I wanted to go and exactly what I wanted to do. And I broke down each step. So everything I ever done over the last six, seven years, every job I've taken, every, everything I've, every book I've read, every kind of course I've done, everything has been for a specific reason. So whether it was like, say, working in Telstra, in sales, that environment of interacting with people, understanding psychology, all that kind of stuff, going into the prison and exposed to a whole different world in the prison. Um, so it was always about, it was never about money. It was always about building myself, building my character and who I am as a person. And then on the flip side of that, with the fitness side of things, everything I've done in the fitness world, whether it was going down the Muay Thai path um, mm. and like understanding, going to like PT and all that kind of stuff. It was about building myself up and ticking off these boxes along the way to get to where I wanted to be. So during that, I kind of learned and understood, kind of broke down like those walls and put myself in really dark holes. So I, I voluntarily made myself extremely uncomfortable a lot of the time 
so I could answer those really hard questions and overcome those barriers and actually find out what I'm made of. Um, and that's kind of what led into the going down the military as well, um, is, is putting yourself in different challenges and different experiences, um, especially voluntarily to kind of answer those hard questions and find out who you are and what you're made of. So going back to those anchor points and beliefs now, like I pretty much look at something and already know that let's just say like, I'm, I'm about to do like a fitness test or a BFA or something. I already know that mm. I feel sick because I know I'm going to put absolutely everything into it to the point where I'm almost going to die. Or like, let's just mm. say like I go for a run, even before the military, I go for a run. I used to do like before work, I'd say I'd do like a 5k timed run or mm. like a day off, I'd do a 5k timed run. I know exactly what time I have to hit. If I don't hit that time, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to rest. I'm going to go out and beat that time. Or else, or else that day, I'm just not going to be able to function as a person. Like I, I won't be able to yeah. be who I am and it's going to suck and it's going to eat me alive. And it's not about like punishing yourself or anything like that. It's just knowing who you are, what you're capable of and holding yourself to a higher standard. And you'll find during that process, you can actually do so much more than you could ever think. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I couldn't agree more. I, I really like again johnny boy so much to unpack like wow <laughs> you are <laughs> intense um like the thing kind of i want to start with is is where you were speaking about the plan of, of your life right so you had a seven year ten year kind of plan i think you said and not enough people do this because not enough people think long enough to kind of create the person they want to become or think about what they want you know in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years so they don't put the necessary action in previous to that that point and that's why they never get there eventually right so is that something you learned is that something you intuitively knew like how did you find that so i think there's two parts of that the first part being um well deal and hardcore head start um so it was like so it was pretty much when it was first kind of beginning and what the biggest thing Dylan done for myself was he sat me down and he pretty much asked what I want to do and who I want to be. Um, no limitations. And that kind of from then opened up the door of, all right, if this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do, let's break that down. So that kind of course and heart, like him himself and hardcore head start opened my mind up to that thinking. Um, and it done it in a very, in a way that, fit myself and it was very individualized which was good as well so he pretty much worked through all of my shit really and was like all right this is how we're going to do it um and then the second part of that is other people's opinions judgments and beliefs limiting yourself so people will put their so let's just say oh you want to go to someone like oh, i want to run a marathon in their mind, they can't run a marathon. So they're like, man, you can't run a marathon. So just like that small context, you know, they're imposed limitations on yourself. You can literally, say for myself, if I want to have an idea of going to do something, I literally can think in my brain right now, after everything I've gone through, I can achieve anything. I can literally do anything I want because I know that one, I'll put in the work to get there. So I'll have that confidence. But two, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. I don't care what anyone else thinks. And it's just noise at the end of the day. Yeah. I think, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I think like, um, you know, like there's a lot of 
experiences you, you you're gonna uncover and like you know at the end of life's pretty short right at some point you know you sort you're born you go through you uncover as many stones as you can so at your deathbed you look back and you kind of go you know i fucking did everything i wanted to do right is there like something that you want to be known for if you think like you know at the end of the journey is there something that you would be like to be remembered or, or like sort of seen for like from a legacy kind of point of view um, one thing that kind of sits with me almost every day, and it's one of those ones that kind of come up, especially like in suffering is I don't want my kids to look up to someone else. I want to be my kid's hero. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that sits with me. And at the end of it all, just knowing that I paid it forward, I gave it back. You know, there's no mm-hmm. point going through life and say for myself, unlocking everything I have especially with like the mindset and the thought process and everything I've gone through and all the lessons I've learned through all that suffering and pain to not pass that forward to just help others. So the biggest thing is, yeah. Paying it forward as well. That is beautiful. Good message. Hey, we're talking about, you know, getting rid of that comfortability. It's kind of been a a big aura of the podcast, but like I know you're talking about running, um, working out a few times, putting yourself in different situations. Um, I know, you know, we've spoken about, you know, for the audience or for anyone else is like something you can do is cold showers or continue to push yourself to every other limit when it comes to physical or mental or like, is there, is there a specific thing you would tell people, Hey, like if you really want to put yourself out out of your comfort zone, go and do this. Um, first thing is allow yourself to actually dream. Um, like I said, the limitations thing, it all starts in your mind. And if you can look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself and answer those questions that are coming up and genuinely be critically honest with who you are as a person, your shortfalls, your strengths, your weaknesses. And that kind of will start that process because there's no point trying to get out of your comfort zone and do all these things. You're just going to be lying to yourself through the whole process. You know, for myself, I have to look at myself and be like, yeah, I'm fat. You know, I'm overweight. I've got this wrong with me. I've got that wrong with me. I have no confidence, like the whole social anxiety thing and just feeling how I was and going through everything I was. I have to pretty much put that back on myself. Like you're the reason you're here because of X, Y, and Z. What are you going to do about it? And then that's that first, like, kind of switch in the brain and that mindset is where, where you can kind of get started with that. Yeah. So I think, I think people like when they, when they first hear, put yourself out of your comfort zone, it's like if they're already fit, they go and run a little bit further and they think that's, you know, way out of your comfort zone. But again, I think it's just that putting those limitations on yourself. So I like the message of find your weaknesses and then put yourself in situations yeah. that'll help you develop those weaknesses. Like for example, for you, you know, you had social anxiety, so you went, and tried and worked in sales you know that's i mean you know for anyone who has social anxiety that's wildly counterintuitive to go and work in sales anyone who's fat doesn't go and walk up a you know mountain getting shin splints from walking right again counterintuitive so putting yourself in positions and situations where you can you know really develop your weaknesses yeah for sure um i think it's one of those things as well, like no matter where you are or what stage you're at, let's just, this is where like I kind of use fitness 
and training as a leeway to everything I do in my life because it isn't about being fit necessarily. It's it's honestly all mental. Whether you can do 10 push-ups or 500 push-ups, at some point that individual is going to get to a point of, I don't want to do this shit anymore. This sucks. Why am I here? What the fuck am I doing? And at that point, it's all about how long can you stay in that suffering? Yeah. How long can you deal with though that voice in your head and find and then eventually you get to a point where it's like you you're in such a hole in such a dark place where those questions start coming up and it's almost doing like like an autopsy on yourself of figuring out who you are and you can be overweight you can be fit as you could be an introvert and extrovert it doesn't matter it's just about finding the avenue of okay there's a good example is like um like when i used to still i still do Day, but like say when i'll go for a run i remember this specific day that i was i done weights in the morning done sparring during the midday went for a 10k run came home and that night was just like recovery stretching started storming outside like full hailing and i'm sitting on the couch and i'm like in my head I'm like this is not good because i know that as soon as i have that thought of like fuck would suck to run out there bang i'm out that door running <laughs> <laughs> That mindset of just constantly doing things that you don't want to do and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations voluntarily, eventually those small little decisions will lead into those bigger decisions and will lead into habit as well, where you don't really need to rely on motivation or just be a habit or just be a conscious thing of like, fuck, we're going to go run. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we got like maybe in the world today, we've got a, a massive problem where people, you know, seek that comfort so much and you drown out the pain with you know a bunch of different things drugs alcohol uh, social media entertainment like we've got a host of different things that people can you know distract themselves with but if they actually focused on the problem itself and went as deep into what their problems and their you know their problems are they can gen- they can genuinely fix them yeah and it's not and that's where i was through that suffering and training was a big part of that because it was the quickest way to get me through something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll find out who you are when you're <laughs> running in the rain, lightning's going around <laughs> all around you, and you're still feeling so hot, <laughs> you need to be with your shirt off and all that kind of crap. Yeah. You'll find out who it's, you really are real quick. Yeah, it's um, it also, like I said, it kind of formed into to a habit as well. It's like eating like now it's to the point where like if i'm up at 3 30 it doesn't matter what the weather's like it can be like minus two minus three whatever raining like i'm still gonna run you know and that also translates say for like with me for like swimming right so just recently i've had to start getting into swimming the moment that i started doing pool conditioning sessions i realized that shit sucked like running's all right because if you get tired you can just stop but if you get tired in the pool your ass drowns so i'm like <laughs> that's when i was like all right <laughs> now right so now it's right okay sucks so as soon as that thought comes in it's like all right i need to spend all my time doing that you know and it's Mm. one of those things of again just just building that habit um over a period of time of just constantly doing things you don't want to do and during that you'll learn a great deal about yourself and and that strive for me it's always been kind of that strive for perfection and now especially with the hardcore head start stuff even like back then it was all about surrounding yourself with people like-minded that want to be mm. better and that want to better those around them and yeah it's pretty much just take it 
we've heard heard you sort of like your story and you know how the red pill can sort of uh, down the journey of personal growth can you know take you take you really far um one last question i want to have for you and it's a question we want to ask our guests is if there was a, a billboard that you could have that you know everyone is going to say around the world what would you what would it say on that billboard um Probably don't be a pussy would be one. <laughs> I um, fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> like if I could just give Done. advice, just one thing, just don't be a pussy, really. Yeah. Um, and no, nah, but in serious, one like saying or I guess much of that I hold to myself is um, it's Latin memento de law, which is remember the pain. But for remember me, it's pain. always remember the pain. And that's yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, what um, uh, what exactly does that mean? So I kind of there was a point where I tr- transitioned out of like that that pain and suffering from like growing up and being like eighteen, nineteen through to twenty two, twenty three. That whole period of time and just where shit really sucked. Um, it's very easy now seeing myself of who i am today i like a like i was telling daniel the other day like i feel like i've lived a thousand different lives a whole bunch of different journeys and it's a full circle finally coming around but at the same time it's just the beginning so you see these people even like myself like where i am today but you don't really no one really understands what you actually go through um and for me i remember that shit every day like i will that's ingrained in my head those runs that like when I was so heavy and the pain, the struggles of constantly putting yourself in those just dark places. Remember that because for me, even to this, like today and everything I'm going to be doing moving forward in my life, like that's the shit that I'll look back on and be like, I got through that. I can get through this. Pain doesn't last forever. Suffering doesn't last forever, but the growth and everything you learn from that, you carry on forever. So yeah. I love it. Look, thanks, thanks for joining. Uh, go on, <laughs> Daniel. No, I was just going to say, I mean, um, you know, all, all the guests we have on the podcast every single time, I said it last one as well, but, you know, they're going to be recurring guests. You know, today we're just giving you kind of like the beginning of Johnny Boy himself. Um, you know, there's a whole host of things we didn't even get into today was like your investing journey, investing journey, how on earth you were able to get money into the markets whilst you were also, you know, pushing yourself to the limits physically um you know the new venture you've just started taking on with the army um i'm sure we'll get you on soon and talk about how crazy that's been eventually if we're allowed to and um you know thanks for coming on and mark you got anything yeah 100 man thanks thanks for making the time you know these kind of podcasts we we never quite have enough time to go into everything but you know we cover as much as we can and it gives us a reason to sort of have our guests come back on so thanks again for joining us no, nah, so I'm always happy. Yeah, there's a lot there that I'm happy with, so whenever you need me, I'm always happy to help. Let's go, let's go. Pack it up. Let's go.